All right, good afternoon or good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. See, we have a comment. Um, Lazinthia, if I'm saying that right, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. She says, good evening. Good evening, um, good evening to you as well. So we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. He gives us so, us so many chances, and I'm greatly appreciative of that. So we up. I'm still not seeing us. Well, just, you go ahead. well, while Tony is checking to make sure we're live on all three of our pages, well, thank you guys for tuning in. And if you've been with us for a while, welcome back to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. And if you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. It's a place where we like to dive deeper into the Bible and bring out the true word of God. Well, a lot of churches may be too afraid to go and too afraid to bring out the truth. We're live on Joy in the Midst of the Storm, but I'm not seeing us on... Your page nor mine. Uh, we up on all three, but we'll we'll just, we'll push through. Just um share it from Joy the Mister Storms page. So again, um, welcome back to Joy the Mister the Storm. DS Jackson says, "Good to see you tonight, brothers. Good to see you too. Thank you for tuning in." How's it going, preacher? We we like to have weekly live stream Bible studies where people can tune in and ask questions and get live feedback. Um. Lizinthia says they're new. Well, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. As I was saying, we like to do live stream Bible studies where people can ask live questions and get live feedbacks. And our goal is not to preach a gospel for people to shout and jump around and do backflips. Um, we're not about the prosperity gospel to preach. You sow us $15. You sow this seed monthly and God's going to bless you. We're not doing it for the money at all. But our main goal is to bring out the true word of God. Because, and a lot of people will get mad at the truth. A lot of people don't want to hear the truth. And the scripture denotes um, people have itchy ears. They want to hear only what they want to hear. Nobody wants to hear, oh, I can't sin. I can't, I can't do whatever I want and still make it to heaven. We all have the same goal here. Wouldn't you want to know that you're doing wrong? Wouldn't you want to know the absolute truth of the gospel? As I said before, we like to do live stream Bible studies, but we also have an in-person Bible study every Tuesday at our campus library. And we don't always talk about the same subject as we talk about then, but tonight we are, as you see from the title, Get the Book. It was said in there that people will argue with you about the Bible all day long, but as soon as you say, let's look in the book, let's, let's get the Bible and see what the scripture says, oh, they don't want to do it. And even though they might do it, and they see that what's actually in the scripture, they don't want to talk to you anymore. That goes back to my point. Wouldn't you want to know what the actual truth is instead of only believing what you want to believe or believing what you feel is right? In Second Peter, it says that the truth would be evil spoken of. So we're going to take it back to the book of um, Nehemiah. We have another comment. D.S. Jackson says, glad that we know God is leading and guiding us into all untamed truth. Amen. We're going to be taking it to the book of Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, where Ezra, this um, describe, preaches to a bunch of people in the street. And we'll get into that. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. Thank you, Melvin. Um, you want to share it to your page? Before we do that, yep, I will. Yeah, we'll give. For some reason, we 
are not appearing to be online on all three of our pages. We usually go live from my page, Melvin's page, and our Joy in the Midst of the Storm page, but I'm not seeing it, so we're just having to share it from the Joy in the Midst of the Storm to our personal pages. So uh, we thank you for bearing with us. We've been having some technical difficulties and we're going to get it together, though. <laughs> One day we will. We're going to get it together. Um, uh, but before we move too far into tonight's lesson, we always like to say a prayer beforehand. So if you guys are at a position where you can bow your heads, we ask that you do so. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity, Lord. We always like to start by saying thank you because we know we can never say thank you enough. You've been so gracious, so kind, so merciful to us over the weeks, the months, the years, Lord. So we just say thank you. Lord, we're praying for all the people who are afflicted, being tormented, suffering, going through hardships, storms. Lord, we're praying that you would keep all of our minds, Lord, that you would just continue to show us that there is joy even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of adversity, Lord, we know that joy cometh in the morning, Lord. So help us to hold on. Even if it seems like it's been five years, 10 years, 15 years, help us to hold on, Lord, to endure this storm. So, Lord, we, we just ask you for these many blessings, Lord. We don't deserve them, but your grace and mercy is sufficient for us, Lord. So we just ask you these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Melvin already introduced the lesson. We're going to be talking about the book. And we'll come from Nehemiah 8 and 1 to uh, get things kicked off. If you will, Melvin. All right, cha uh, chapter 8 and verse 1 of the book of Nehemiah. And all of the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. Now, what we are seeing here, to give you guys the backstory on what has happened, Nehemiah, the, the children of Israel, have been taken captive again. They have been enslaved again. And so, Jerusalem, Judah, all these places have been destroyed by these other groups of people. And so, Nehemiah found himself being a servant in the king's um, house and so while he was there he had gotten word that his brothers and sisters back in Israel they were suffering he got word that Jerusalem all the things that they had built worked so hard on all these things have been destroyed and so he was sad no doubt he was sad to find his family all of his people are afflicted going through hard times and so the king saw that Nehemiah was sad the king said I know you're not sick what's bothering you and so Nehemiah told him and he found favor in the king's eyes now that's God's grace he'll give you favor in people's eyes and so he found favor in the king and the king allowed him to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple to rebuild the gate to rebuild the city because that's just God's mercy so over time they got things rebuilt 
People tried to stop him, but God, but God already promised the gates of hell would not prevail against his church. So over time, they got it built. And now what we find is they wanted to start out on the right track. They've gotten things built back up now. And so the first verse, they all the people had gathered there. Everybody had gathered and they told the priest, that's Ezra, they told the priest, they said, bring us the book. We have to get things straight. Get the book in our terms. Get the book. I heard a great preacher talk about this lesson before. And he, he called it get the book. And so I wanted to copy that because it's such a powerful lesson if you your desire is to be saved, if your desire is to do things right. We should be saying the same thing today. Every time we hear somebody say, well, this is what I believe or this is what I think. My thing is, let's get the book. Let's see what the book says. So all the people have gathered here before the street. They're standing in the street as one man. They were all together. They all were saying, bring us the book. We want to go back to the beginning. They, they wanted to go all the way back to what Moses had told them in the law. Because if they did that, they'd be doing what God said to do. So they said, bring the book. All right. Verse 2. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. The priest brought the book. He didn't fight with them on it. Today, <laughs> if you tell somebody to get the book like Melvin already mentioned, people run away from it. People don't want to bring up the book. We don't have time for the scriptures. But Jesus says, search the scriptures because in them you think you're saved. So they get the book. All right. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of the people that were attentive unto the book of the law. Now, something must have changed today because our ears are not attentive to the book. Something has changed today. But these people were sincere. They were serious. They were there from morning till midday. They were, <laughs> we were at Bible study talking about this. Somebody said, man, that was six hours. They were there for a long time. Now, if we can do anything else for six hours, and it's all right. But when it comes to Scripture, I had somebody tell me that not long ago. He said, man, it's just a long time they were in there talking about uh, the Bible. He said, that's a long time for them to be in there studying and reading. But when it comes time to study for your exam for school, to get your bachelor's degree, to get your master's, your doctorate, whatever it is, just to pass a board test, you spend all kinds of time and you don't say, man, I spent way too much time studying. But when it comes to God, we say, I don't have that much time not to waste on that stuff. And this is way more important than <laughs> any degree or any profession or anything. And it takes a lot more studying as well. Mm -hmm. So they spent all this time. They were attentive to the words that Ezra had read. But they went back to the beginning. And that's what I want to do tonight. I want to go back 
to the beginning of our salvation. Because in order for us to find out how we should be living and how we should be saved, we need to go back to the beginning of our salvation. We no longer live under the law of Moses. So we don't have to go back to get the commandments that God gave to Moses to give to Israel. We don't need to go there. I'm not saying it's wrong to go back and look at that. Please don't misunderstand me. But what I'm saying is we have to go back to the New Testament. Grace and truth was brought by Jesus Christ. So we need to go and pick up what Jesus said. But how are we going to do that? We're going to go see what his apostles said. So um, let's actually, we'll come back to this. Let's actually run over to John the 17th chapter. Because we have a good bit of reading to do in that chapter. And I'm hoping somebody will see this. We want to make sure that we're following the book. Whenever you're cooking something for the first time and you're following a recipe, see, this is different from cooking something. A lot of times, I know I've even tried it, we're following a recipe but we still want to do our own thing. The recipe said put two cups, uh, put three cups of salt. We said, man, that might be too much. That's way too much salt. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> I need more than that. We we look at that based on our own personal preference, and we say, I'm going to put this much in instead, or I don't need all that. It tells us we need this much butter. We say, I just don't think I need all that. That's too much. I'm going to get high blood pressure. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. So we change. We alter up the amount of ingredients that we put in based on our own feeling. That's what we do when we come to the Bible. We change things to fit us as if we wrote out these recommendations. But this is God. We have to get the book and we have to stay true to the book. We have to follow it exactly as he wrote it. So I'm hoping somebody will see this because there's something I want to get to here in the 17th chapter of John. Uh, we'll start with verse 6. Now, this is Jesus He's about to make his exit from the world. All right. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me. And they kept they and they have kept thy word. Now Jesus is talking about his disciples here. He said, They have kept thy word. He's talking about the word of God. That's all that's contained in the book. God's word. Alright? Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. Mm -hmm. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. He's still talking about God's word. He's still talking about that. He said they kept your word. They believed your word. Mm -hmm. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. He's praying for them. And he's going to say something similar to that, all right? And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Mm -hmm. 
And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Now, we're not going to even get into that because this is a whole other subject. But here, he said, I'm leaving the world. Again, he's about to be crucified. He, he's saying some things to them before it's his time to leave. So he said, I'm leaving, but I'm going to leave them here. Keep them because they, they are keeping your word. Now, Jesus knew the past, present, and future. He knew exactly what these disciples were going to do. He said, they've been keeping your word up until now, and they're going to continue to keep your word. So I'm praying for them. All right. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Only one went contrary was Judas himself, all right? And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. He's still talking about the word that he has given them. He has given them instructions on how to live, and they are keeping them. Mm -hmm. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Keep them from evil. Uh huh. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Mm -hmm. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now these people know the truth. Sanctified means nothing but to set them apart. They are set apart because... They have the truth. That's the only way Peter's shadow could heal people. That's the only way they could tell the man who could not walk, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the only way all of the miracles that took place by the, the apostles' hands happened. That's the only way. Because they had the truth. All right. Uh, 18, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. He, now, Jesus said, I have been sent by God into this world, but now I'm leaving and I'm going to send them. Why? Because they have the truth. Mm -hmm. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Mm -hmm. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's what I want to get to. Read that verse again, Melvin. It took us a while to get here. <laughs> Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Now, he has been telling us over and over that these people have the truth. These disciples, these apostles... They have the truth. So he said, I'm praying for them, but I'm not only praying for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on Jesus through their word. So if we believe what the apostles said, we then believe what Jesus said. Now, who can argue with this? And somebody right now is saying, hey, amen, that's right. 
somebody who will watch this say, yeah, that's right. Until we continue on in the scriptures, and then you're going to say, hold on now. <laughs> hold on now. But this is why I like to allow the scriptures to interpret themselves. I don't have to do the interpretation. God does this for himself. Jesus said, I'm praying for every single person out there who will believe on what the apostles said. Because he told them in another place, and we, we might not get that, but he said, he that heareth you, heareth me. If they listen to what you said, they listen to what Jesus said. And if they listen to what Jesus said, they listen to what God said. So we have to go back to the apostles' doctrine. That is our beginning. We don't need to go to what Moses said. Yeah, it's good to know what Moses said. But those, those things, the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Christ is here now. So we must go find out what Jesus said. We got to get the book. So now I hope we have established this. I hope we have established that we find out what Jesus said through the apostles. He said, I'm not praying for you guys alone. I'm praying for every single person out there who will believe on me through what you said. That's indirect because Jesus never sat down and wrote any scripture. The disciples did. So we have to trust everything they said. I talk to people all the time and they say, well, they don't believe a certain part in the Bible. I say, man, you might as well not believe any of it then. You have to believe it all or not. Because the moment you don't believe something, you become a non-believer. I cannot take the parts of God that I like the best and say, well, God, I don't like how you make me suffer sometimes. You make me go through hard things sometimes. <laughs> I cannot like the parts about God that I want to and invite that part of him into my life and kick the rest of him out. I can't do God like that. I either have to take him all or take none. So Jesus said, I'm praying for everyone who believes on me through their word because they have the truth. They have the truth. Now, I want to move over to Acts. The actions of the apostles. That's all the book of Acts is. And so this is our beginning. This is how the church began because Jesus came here and taught the disciples how to set up the church. He, Jesus came here and that's what he was doing. He was showing them how the church should be ran. He was showing them how true love of God should be displayed. When the disciples, when Jesus had uh, so many people, he had over 5,000 people. Follow him. We know the story of the two fish and five loaves. When Jesus had those people with him, when the disciples noticed that they were hungry, they said, man, send these people away. Send them somewhere else. Let them go and eat something. They need strength. But Jesus said, no, you feed these people. You give them to eat. He was showing them how the church should be run. So today, when we have so many places, 
Man, they won't even give you something to eat. I know, <laughs> I've talked to many people. They said at their church, they charge them per plate. <laughs> the only way you're eating on Sunday is if you bring that $10 in to get your plate. But so, anyways, so Jesus was showing them the entire time how the church should be run. And he left it in their hands because he left it in somebody who he could trust. Somebody who would get the job done. So I want to go back to see what they said, what the apostles said. Because if I trust Jesus, I have to trust what they said. Because he said, Jesus himself said, we have to believe on what they said. So if, if Jesus himself backs these people, I 100% stand behind what they said. I hope this is plain as day to somebody. I hope this makes sense. I'm trying to make sure that we have an understanding. All right, let's move to Acts, the second chapter, and we'll start at verse 36. Now, again, Jesus, what we're going to see here, Jesus has now left the scene. He's died, rose again after three days, and he's descended, ascended, excuse me, back into heaven. So we see the church take off here. And Jesus wasn't even around because the Holy Ghost is in charge now. Let's look at verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. Peter is now talking here. Peter is standing here. He's really preaching to these people who have killed Jesus. That's why he said, God made the same Jesus, the one you killed, both Lord and Christ. God sent him to do the job that he did. Jesus told us in John 17, what we just read. He said, look, the disciples, they believed on me. They believed that you sent me. That's the same thing we find in here. Peter is giving credit to Jesus for being the Messiah. All right. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They asked Peter and the rest of the apostles. It wasn't just Peter by himself. These people who were responsible for killing Jesus, maybe not. Uh, they might have not actually did it themselves, but they had a vote. They okayed it. They were Jews. The Jews were the ones that had them killed. So, these people hearing these things, how they have been partakers of an innocent man's death, they heard this and said, unto the ones who Jesus sent the ones in whom we should believe their word and by believing their word we believe Jesus' word they said unto the Peter and the rest of the apostles what do we need to do how do we get right with God how do we get saved now today People say you don't have to do anything. They say all you really have to do is just come up to the altar, 
confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, shake the preacher's hand, spin around in a circle three times, and you say, But I want to get the book. I want to see what the people who were taught by Jesus, because I know they got the truth, because the book declares that they do. I want to see what those people said. I don't want to hear what uh, Jimmy from, from New Bethel said. I, I don't care what Jimmy from New Bethel said, to be honest with you. If he's saying something opposite of this book. Now, if he's saying what the book said, I'm going with Jimmy. I'm going with whatever he said. Because he is lining up with the book. But if he says something outside this book, I no longer can go with him. Because I know what the devil's job is. Steal, kill, and destroy. And a lot of our faiths are being destroyed because of false teachings. Because of doctrines of devils. Because of doctrines that are not sound. We don't want sound doctrine to, be, to tell you the truth. Because when you hear these things, somebody's going to turn this video off. Somebody said, man, see, this is why I don't want to watch this stuff. They get too deep. They want to look at all the small. No, you better get the book. Let's see what the book said, man. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Somebody need to tell Peter you don't need to get baptized to be saved. Somebody need to tell Peter you don't need to get the Holy Ghost to be saved. He, he must be off. Be. He must be <laughs> off track. No, he is 100% correct. Jesus said he has the truth. And if we believe on what Peter and the rest of the apostles said, they all co-signed on this. This wasn't just Peter by himself, but he was the leader, so he was the spokesperson. They all said this same thing. We find what, 3,000 people get baptized, get the Holy Ghost that day. They believed what this man said. Uh, hold on, Tony. We have a comment. Um, Jennifer says, Hello, Minister Tony and Brother Melvin Corners. My name is Jennifer. I'm so glad to come and join your live and get a word in. We're glad to have you. Thank you for tuning in. If Thank you have you. any questions, definitely ask. It doesn't even have to be dealing with our topic. Yep. Dealing with anything related yep. in the Bible, just ask. Well, mm -hmm. I'm glad to have you join us tonight. Yep. I hope you welcome, enjoy. Welcome, welcome. Tonight we're talking about getting the book because I know we've all been victim to these things. Victim to doctrines that are not sound. They don't match the book. They match the encyclopedia. They match something that somebody else came up with. They said this is, uh, I forgot what they call it, the creed. They said this is our church creed right here. I don't see your creed in the Bible, friend. Let's get the book. I don't want something that you came up with on your own. I don't want your own religion and you calling it Christianity. It told us that in Isaiah, people are going to come up with their own doctrines. And we see that every day, but I don't want to get too deep into that. Read 37 again for us, Mel. Uh, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. My God, when we go back to the book, we see our act does not match their act. Our act say all you have to do is open your mouth and say, Jesus Christ, I want you in my life. That's what our act says. That's not the book's act. We got to go back to the book. Because the book said, yes, you need to confess with the mouth. You need to do that. Also, you need, now Peter and the rest of the apostles, if you go against what I'm saying, you go against what they're saying. And if you go against what they're saying, you go against what Jesus himself said. And if you go against <laughs> what Jesus said, you go against what the Lord Almighty God said. So what will you believe? Will you get the book? I mean, I, it cannot get any more plain than this. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, I don't understand how the devil has deceived. I know I understand because the devil is powerful. He is wicked. But he has deceived people to go against the very Bible that they read. The very Bible that they put in time studying. Because the people who were taught by Jesus for over three years, they said, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to receive the Holy Ghost so that you can be saved. So today, I want us to make sure we go back to the book. I think that's plain enough, man, <laughs> I think that's yeah. pretty plain. Let's go back to the book of Nehemiah. I'm hoping that we would get an understanding. Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. Um, let's start here at verse five. Uh, Nehemiah 8 and 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. They had respect until the book we went back to Nehemiah we were talking about how they have established their city again Jerusalem again they built it back up and the first thing they decide to do is get the book to see what God had commanded them to do and that's what we just read a commandment from God the commandment didn't come from Tony the commandment didn't come from Melvin that said you need to be baptized in Jesus name that came from the book. And 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us all scriptures inspired by God. So how, how long will you go against the word of God? So the priest here reads the book in the sight of the people and they have respect to it. Somebody ought to have respect tonight until Acts 2.38 to say, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. I need to receive the Holy Ghost. Will you reverence God? Because, again, this is God's word. I didn't write this in here. All right. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. This is somebody ought to be happy tonight. Because you are hearing the true words of deliverance. 
the true words of salvation. Somebody ought to rejoice the same way these people rejoiced by saying, amen, glory to God. I have found the truth. That's what we're digging up here. Drop down to verse 8, Melvin, please. So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. That's all we're doing. Trying to make sure these things make sense. Trying to make sure that you have an understanding. With all thy getting, get an understanding. It says in the book of Proverbs, get an understanding. I'm trying to make sure these things line up. The scripture must align. All scriptures inspired by God. So tonight we're talking about getting the book. And for the people who had not uh, seen our focus verse, we can go back up to verse 1. Uh, verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. God has always wanted us to be one. All of these people came together as one. And they all said, bring the book to us. We don't want to hear what you have to say if you're not coming from this book. And that's how you should be at home or wherever you may be. You ought not want to hear anything we have to say unless it comes from the book. That's right. Once we step out of this book, you say, hold on now. You go back to the book. But I can assure you, I'm not going to step out of it. Will you step into it? So the people asked Ezra. Uh -oh. uh, Jennifer has another comment. I don't understand why people say that they know God and know who Jesus is and they read their Bible, but they're out doing the double work, but they're out doing the double work, but they, but they say they love God. Can you please explain to me why people say that? That's Thank just you. that's just talk. A lot of people say a lot of things with no real understanding. That's why in the book of Proverbs, he says, with all that getting, get and understanding. You cannot you can't serve two masters. The Bible tells us that. Jesus told us you cannot serve two masters. I cannot be saying, look, I love God, but all I'm doing is evil. Because yeah, in one place it says, if, you, if Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So a lot of people claim that they love him. You know, they have the chain with the cross on it. We put it on our license plate. We put a picture of the cross on our walls. But are we actually doing what he said? And how will we know unless we study this Bible? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, they they doing that. And they may not even mean any harm. But they're just completely oblivious to mm -hmm. what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. So they think that they're following, you know, the truth and teaching the truth. They're actually doing what the devil says. And the devil is so smart. But he can't outsmart God's true word. You can go ahead. I see you guys. Um, I just wanted to go to Matthew, the 15th chapter. Um, here's, here's a part of the problem. Um, that's a great question, Jennifer. Thank you for the question. But here is a part of the problem. See, Jesus recognized this. 
So please don't you be deceived. Don't don't be deceived by what people say. Look at what people do. Don't be deceived by what they say. Let's see what Jesus said here. Matthew 15 and verse 8. Actually go to 7. Hmm. Verse 7. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah's prophesied of you, saying. Now, now notice now. Jesus himself called people hypocrites. That's what you just described. Hypocrites. Somebody's saying, man, I love God. Jesus my Lord and Savior. He know my heart. But they're backstabbing, they're cursing you out, they're selling you out all the time, they're wishing death on people, hoping they go to hell, all kind of evil work for the devil. Jesus said, y'all hypocrites, the book, <laughs> the book prophesied about you. The book already told you were going to act like this, all right? Verse 8, this people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth. And honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. He's saying the same thing you're saying. These people, with their mouth, they talking all kind of good stuff. Uh, Taka, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. She says a person's action will speak more than anything. That's definitely true. Mm-hmm. Actions definitely speak louder than their words. Actions. And that's what we're looking at. Jesus said, these people, they getting, they draw nigh to me with their mouth. With their mouth, they saying they love me. They saying all good things about me. Like Melvin said, they wearing the cross. They got tattoos all over them talking about Jesus, Bible verses, crosses, all types of things. I've seen people with three crosses. With their mouth and their lips, their tongue, they saying great stuff. But their heart. They heart far from me. We say, yeah, Jesus know my heart. Yeah, he do. <laughs> he know it ain't nowhere near him. Your mouth is, but your heart ain't. Because he's looking at your actions. And look at verse 9. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I want you, Jennifer, and anybody else watching to read this verse very slowly. Read it over and over if you have to. But read, read that again, Mel. But in vain, they do worship me. <laughs> read that first part again. But in vain, they do worship me. Now, Jesus himself, Tony didn't say this. Melvin didn't come up with this. So I know somebody's going to be mad because we say these things. But Jesus said they worshiping me for nothing. What they talking what they're saying, that's all for nothing. It's in vain. It's meaningless. In vain do they worship me. All right. And he called the multitude. Uh, read, read that second part again. Oh, my bad. Uh, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. They're teaching things. They're saying this is a doctrine of God. This is what God believes. They're teaching these things, but they are their own commandments. They are the commandments of men. People came up with these commandments and saying God is okay with it. That's what is going on. With their mouth, they're saying, man, I love God. I care about him so much. But in their actions, they're going against him. Because in one place it tells us every man's heart will be made manifest. You will know a tree 
by the fruit that it bear, you're going to know by their actions. So once we get the book, once we go back to this book, <laughs> there is nothing hidden that cannot be seen. The light is on everything. You can see it clearly once you get the book. So, uh, Jennifer, I hope that answers your question. Uh, if not, please let me know. Uh, or anybody, if anything is not clear, please let us know. Yes. But ultimately, people say one thing, but their actions show something else. And Jesus already told us they're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. And he said they might as well stop worshiping him. You might as well stop going to church. Stop calling on his name because it's all in vain. Now that's Jesus' words, not mine. He told us in the book of Revelation that he was going to spit them out of his mouth for being lukewarm. Now we know we hate a drink that's lukewarm. He said he's going to spit them out because they're not hot or cold. Meaning they're not hot. They're on fire for him. Truly trying to do what he said. And he said they're not cold either. They, they're not saying, man, I don't want you in my life, God. Jesus would much rather people just deny him straight up rather than <laughs> strangle the fence, straddle the fence. Mm -hmm. So he wants you to pick a side. Uh, Jennifer says a lot of people say they go to church every Sunday and get in the word in and they're reading the Bible. But at the end of the day, you out killing, robbing and doing the works of the devil. God is not very pleased of how you're acting and you're supposed to be a child of God. It's all in vain. Amen. It's all in vain. But it's because people are teaching them that they're saved. People are telling them, oh, you don't have to worry about that. You all right. God know your heart. And he does. Jesus said, hey, it's far from me. So we have to keep an eye on these things. But we won't know unless we get the book. I had no earthly idea that all these things were in here. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> And it's still a lot that we don't know is in here. Yet to be discovered. Taka says, Lord, help them. God, help Amen. us all. Increase our faith. God, help me. So I hope that's clear. But we have to let our light shine. We have to continue to do, doing the will of God ourselves, even when others who claim to be Christians aren't doing it. Because that should be each and one of our, our goals is to be saved, despite what my family says or my friends, anyone. You have to work out your own salvation. So, I'm glad you brought that question up. That's a good question. Uh, but we will not know any of these answers unless we get the book. We have to go back to the book. 
I want to go back to the book of Acts, Melvin. Acts the second chapter because people have deceived us because we truly did not know what the book said. People will tell us all you have to do to be saved is just say with your mouth, Jesus Christ, Son of God. Now, we just read, Jesus said, these people, look, they draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. They saying, man, Jesus Christ, he's the Son of God. But with their heart, they ain't nowhere near me. Their actions is not lining up. So how can we go from that verse where he said, I'm not looking for only what their mouth says. I'm looking for what their action says. And then we come over to asking how to be saved. And we say, oh, you just got to do some stuff with your mouth. <laughs> the devil strikes again. He strikes again. He has deceived us. Let's look. Read verse 30, uh, 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men, brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do? I know somebody need to be saved tonight. Somebody say, I'm already saved. Have you done it the way the book said, though? Not the way uh, uh, Pastor So-and-So at Mount Zion. Pastor So-and-So at Mount Calvary. I'm not talking about all these different pastors. I'm talking about what the book says. At New Hope, I mean, we come. <laughs> it's amazing how we come up with all these names. They asked the people who had seen Jesus, been with him, slept beside him. I mean, they've been out on the sea with him while he was sleeping. They said, "Look, Master, we perish, and you sleeping." And he said, "Oh, ye of little faith." <laughs> He woke up and he told he told the wind and the sea, he said, peace be still. They've seen these miracles happen before their very eyes. They watched this man rise from the dead. They watched him be killed and then watch him raise himself. They watched this man walk through the wall. This man appeared in the room. They said, man, the door didn't even open. What kind of hocus pocus is this? They watched the power of God. And so how can I not trust what these people said? Jesus said, I pray not for these alone, but for them that believe on me through their word. So what we're going to see is the people who Jesus taught and spent so many hours with for three and a half years. Somebody came to these people. And said, man, how do, how do, what do we need to do to be saved? They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? What do we do? Our backs are against the wall. We, we don't know what else to do. They said, we are sinners. Now, we're going to find out in verse 38. If they said, look, repeat after me, hold my hand, repeat after me, we're going to state the sinner's prayer. What does it say in verse 38, man? Then Peter said unto them, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Some, we must have missed a part in verse 38, because I did not see the sinner's prayer. Oh, wretched man that I am. I, I don't see the sinner's prayer. Peter and the, notice in verse 37, they said not only to Peter, but the rest of the 10 that were there. It was 11 of them at the time because Judas had killed himself. So it was only 11. All 11 joined in to co-sign this statement. The people asked, what should they do? How do they need to be saved? Peter said, repent. You need to change. Repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's for the remission of your sin. That's for salvation. If remission of sins is not salvation, I don't know what is. We need our sins forgiven for salvation. So if you have not repented, been baptized in Jesus' name, and received the Holy Ghost, there is no salvation. So once we get the book, we find out the way of life. Let's actually go to John 5, 39. I hope somebody follows us to this verse and catches it. John chapter 5 and verse 39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Now that's Jesus again. It's written in blood, red letters. Jesus said, you need to search the book. Search the book. For in them, in these scriptures, for in them, you think you say, you think. He say you think. We say it all the time. I think so. I know when I say that phrase, I'm not 100% sure. When I make that statement, when I say, I think, I already know. I'm not sure. Jesus said, you think you have eternal life. You think you do. You're wrong, though. But you think you got it. I'm hoping somebody wake up today. I'm hoping somebody hears the call of God to go further. To truly draw nigh to him. To get closer to him. Because there are some things that we have to do. The scriptures cannot be broken. You can disobey them. But the scriptures will be fulfilled. I'm hoping that's making sense, Melvin. <laughs> I'm like hoping that's making sense. Yeah, but you got eyes to hear. <laughs> it makes a difference when you have your glasses on. When you put your hearing aid in, it makes a difference. Somebody does not have the glasses on. It's, it's, what does that even mean? Somebody has not yet received the Holy Ghost. So until you receive the Holy Ghost, it's like talking foreign languages. I'll read John chapter 3. 
it's like speaking a, an entire different language. And people say, man, you you got to be out of your mind. Uh, no, that's the power of God. He can make plain English <laughs> sound like gibberish. We got to get the book. We have to go back to the book. But if you take nothing else from what I said, once we go back to the book, we see that Jesus tells the disciples he's praying for all of the people who believe on him through the words of his disciples. So when we go back and see what the disciples said in the book of Acts, we see that they tell people we must, we need to be baptized in Jesus' name, receive the Holy Ghost, and repent. We need to do that to be saved. And some, so if our, our actions will line up with these actions, we'll get the same results. Jesus told the disciples they have eternal life. He told them that. He didn't say they think they have it. He told us we think we have it because everybody today feels that they already saved. Everybody's saying it. I know I'm saved. People get mad at you. If you are saved as you say you are, you would be getting upset. So I think I better leave it there. Um, if anybody else has any questions, please reach out. Please ask, um, because that's what we're here for. Yes. That's what we're here for. So I'm, I've tried to make it as plain as I possibly can. Um, and I'm hoping that it would fall on good ground, that somebody will receive the word, that God will increase it. Uh, Taka says, thank y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We're glad that you are enjoying the live stream. So if there be nothing else, I'll turn it back over to Melvin. Man, so much to say. So much to say. I'm going to keep it brief because we've already been on over an hour. But a lot of people enjoy a lot of different things, whether it be for God or be against God. But this is what I enjoy. Bring in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, bringing out the true word of God, helping bring out the true word of God. I enjoy it a lot and enjoy all of the feedback, all of the questions and concerns that you have about the scripture. That's what we're here for. And that should be the goal. You know, everybody should be on the same goal. Our goal is to get to heaven. And I just want to bring up a, a, hypoth a hypothetical situation. Let's say you're studying for a test. And of course, you, you will have, in most labs, you will have a book and you study and you take down notes and get to, uh, you know, have your study guide for your test. And then you go over to study with your friend and your friend looks at your notes and says, hold on, this, this is wrong right here. This is wrong. Here's the right answer. It's right here in the book. Wouldn't you be happy that your friend told you that you were wrong so you could get a higher grade? I know I'll be happy. Like, man, because I, I know I don't need this D. I need this A. 
So the same should be true for studying the word of God. We should be happy to hear that we're wrong and to get on track to hearing the absolute truth of God. Because he, we, God's going to, is testing us. And this book, this Bible, this is what we have to study and take notes. But yet we get upset when we hear that we're wrong and that we are not saved when we actually think we're saved. And a lot of people, it'll cause them to stop talking to you, stop listening. I can't tell you how many comments we've gotten saying that, hey, y'all y'all trash. Y'all teachings are false. God bless them. God bless them. God, I hope they have a great day. I won't wish anything ill on because I know that their eyes have not been opened. And, and they don't. And I know that they don't know what they're saying or what they are doing. God forgive them. Yeah, I forgive them because they don't know what they, what they do. A lot of us, our egos get into the way. See, it's three things that God hates. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. People have the mentality to say, oh, they can't, you can't tell me anything. I'm already saved. You, you need to go and talk to somebody else who needs that. God help them. Even if you think you are, you want to be sure. Why would you not want to go back to the book? Go back and see what it's actually saying. I know from a lot of our years in grade school, we know the jingle, take a look. It's in a book. <laughs> That's what we need to do here. We need to go read in Rainbow. We need to study the scriptures. Study, study, study the scriptures. And a lot of people say that what you guys are preaching, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel a certain kind of way. So I don't think it's right. But as we just read in Acts 2.37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. <laughs> they were uncomfortable. Backs against the wall. They didn't know what to do. But they didn't say, No, nah, uh -uh, I, I don't like how this makes me feel. I'm going to stop listening to y'all. Well, no, what they, they wanted to get it right. No matter how it made them feel, they know that they will feel good in the, in the end, as an end result. They said, What shall we do? And that's when Peter said, repent, which means make a change, not say I'm sorry and then go back to doing the same thing over and over. Because then are you really sorry? Nope. And you can fool people, but you can't fool God, no matter how hard we try. So Peter said, repent, which means make a change. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the removal or the forgiveness of sins. We know we have to have our sins forgiven to get into heaven. And what did he just say? What did Peter just say baptism was for? The remission of sins. So how can, you, how can we not make that connection? How can we not listen to the people who've been taught by Jesus for three and a half years and say that we still love God? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Then how are we going to know what his commandments are? We don't ever like to get the book. We're going to be lost. And I pray that everyone searches the scripture. And you notice in a, lot, in a lot of places, Peter is the one that, that was talking. I mean, the rest of the apostles were in agreement with him, but he was a leader. And we didn't get to it tonight, but it's a place in Matthew where Jesus give the, gives the keys of heaven to Peter. He says, who do people say that I am? And they said, some people think you're Elias. 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 Some people think you're just another prophet. And then Jesus says, who do you think that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's a confession right there. <laughs> but what 
so Peter made the confession that Jesus Christ was basically what we say today, our Lord and Savior, our personal Lord and Savior. Wasn't yet saved though. He still had to go through what he is preaching right now. See, a lot of people say once you say that, you automatically have the Holy Ghost. But we can see in another place where they didn't have the Holy Ghost yet. The first chapter of the book of Acts, it says, wait here, not many days hence. They're going to receive the promise, which is the Holy Ghost. So we just have to take this and put it all together and understand that the Bible can't be read like a newspaper from front to, mm -hmm. front, front to end. I remember I was trying to talk to somebody and they were getting frustrated with me. And they was like, man, I don't get what you're saying. Just take me back to the beginning. Take me back to Genesis 1 and 1. <laughs> My friend, you don't have to do that. <laughs> not saying there's anything wrong with going back there. But what we need to do, see, back in that time, their book was the, the book of the law of Moses. Or the law of Moses. See, now we need to be looking at Acts. Now, there's nothing wrong with going back and reading that. Don't get me wrong there. But we need to go to the book of Acts. These say you will know them by the fruit that they bear. You'll know, you'll know a tree by the fruit that they bear. And the fruit is their actions. And the book of the um, book of the Acts is the acts or the actions of the apostles. And Tony brought it up earlier. Jesus said, if those that hear you hear me, and if you hear me, then you hear him who sent me. So we definitely need to be following what the apostles said. They didn't say, all you have to do is repeat after me and shake my hand. No, no, no. They said, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, don't get me wrong. There's, there's two separate things, and we need both of them. But I'm just leaving it right there. Um, we've been on for a while. Um, thank you guys for staying with us this long if you're still here. We definitely appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, who's commented. Lazinthia, D.S. Jackson. Jennifer and Taka, thank you guys all for commenting. We greatly appreciate it. And it's always good to ask questions. It's all because I guarantee you that the question you have, other people will have it too. As Anthea says, thank you. No, thank you. We greatly appreciate it. Like I say, it's good to be in front of the camera. It's good for week in and week out to bring the true word of God to the people. As you can see, this is week 38, getting on up there, and plenty, plenty more to come. So as I say every week, um, we upload audio versions of these live streams to all podcast plat platforms shortly after. So if you definitely didn't catch our message last week or any of the previous 36 weeks, they're all <laughs> on there, all on there just waiting to, be, <laughs> waiting to be listened to. And again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Um, even if we're not live, um, our inboxes are always, always open. No matter what time it is, we're always willing to talk about the Word of God. <laughs> Just be prepared to bring the book. Let's see what the Scriptures say. So, I'm going to leave it right there. Um, if, they're not, if there isn't anything else, then thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you guys have a very blessed and a very safe weekend. I know in our area, it's supposed to be storming pretty bad. I don't know about the area that you guys are in, but if so, then stay safe from the storms. And for the people in the Oxford area, we'll see you Tuesday in our in-person Bible study. And if not, then we'll see you next Thursday at the same time, which is 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we'll have another great message for you guys. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up.